Praise God. That was great, worship team. Thank you. So this morning, as we're thinking about water baptism, the most important thing for us to understand here is the right theology behind what we do. If you ever do things in life because you're told to and you don't know why, that's really not the proper approach to Christianity. Amen? Many of us grew up doing things or being in churches that did things, and we're not sure why we did them or if they were biblical or if they were tradition. So it's important for us to understand the theology of baptism. In the second service, I think we're baptizing 14 people. I have a little extra time here with only six in first service, so I'm going to take a little time to just strengthen our faith about what we're doing and why. Now, every Christian group has their own opinions and preferences about water baptism. There's many methodologies, uh, and there's a few vital aspects, and these are the vital aspects, that we know what we're doing and why we're doing it, and that we do it with the right heart. God always looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the ceremonialism or the mechanics or, you know, the religious aspects, but he looks at the heart of the person. Now, there are so many different ways that they water baptize people that, you know, it's almost comical in Christianity that we have all of these methodologies. Now, personally, I don't care if you're baptized in a pool, a tub, a lake, a stream, if you're sprinkled, if you're dunked, if you're shot with a super soaker or wet down with a garden hose. Personally, I don't care. The most important thing is that you're doing it with the right heart for the right reasons. Now, the only prerequisite to water baptism is that we've accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. The Bible says, believe and be baptized and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38. Amen. It's that belief that's super important that we have a conversion moment. John 3 talks about the fact that we must be born again. What does that mean? Uh, it means that we come to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Would you be my savior? And we accept him and have a personal relationship with him. That is the only prerequisite to baptism. So understanding water baptism is very important. I'm going to tell you four things that water baptism is not. Number one, water baptism is not salvation. Thanks, Phil. Water baptism is not salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. So salvation is about confessing Jesus as Savior and Lord, believing that God rose him from the dead, believing that he's the Messiah and he forgives sins. Amen. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, let me hear you make some noise. Praise God. So some churches teach, well, just go through the ceremony, go through the, you know, we'll just, we'll baptize you, and now you're saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. Baptism is not salvation. Number two, the second thing water baptism is not, it's not baptism with the Holy Spirit. That is a separate thing. It says in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? So people think, you know, well, you know, it's one and done. You get in the water, you, you get saved, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. You get Those are separate events. Now, they can happen in different orders. They can happen. Many times we have people go into the waters of baptism, come up filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? When you accept Jesus into your heart, he fills you with a measure of the Holy Spirit. But water baptism is not 
a Holy Spirit baptism. That is a different thing. And I want you to understand what water baptism is by understanding what it's not. The third thing it's not is this. It's not instant sanctification. What does that mean? There are some churches that teach, well, once you go in the water, you know, you come out and you're holy and you're never going to struggle with sin again. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we're going to struggle with sin till the day we die. You say, Pastor, I got up early for this. This is not good news. The thing is this, we don't come up perfect. Now, some people think, well, if I come up and now I'm still having the same struggle, still issues, uh, you know, they must have to redunk me again. I need a redo. No, you don't need a redo. You just need to follow after Jesus. Sanctification is a process. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. It involves us learning how to gain victory over the flesh and the appetites of our flesh. Sanctification is a lifelong work done by the Holy Spirit. It is not a singular event. So understand, you're going to go in the water. You're going to get wet. You're going to be delivered from the old nature. You're going to come up. Now, you're going to come up free, and you're going to come up brand new, but all of us are going to struggle. We're not going to be perfect, and that's okay. Number four, the fourth thing that water baptism is not is it's not for infants. Nowhere in the Bible ever, one time, not even an indication, was there ever a baby baptized. The Bible teaches it's a believer's baptism. Why? Because the prerequisite is that you have a relationship with Christ. You have to repent of your sin so that you can be baptized in water and identify with Christ. Now listen to me. Babies do not have the intellectual capacity to repent of sin. If we brought all the children out of the nursery this morning and we got them all up at the altar and I preached the message, repent you infants. I hope you would think that was weird. Because babies can't repent. They don't have the intellectual capacity to. Repentance happens when we're old enough to understand that we need Jesus, that we are sinners, that we need a Savior. So there's nowhere recorded in Scripture that a baby was ever baptized, not even Jesus. So understand, uh, you know, if you were dunked as a baby, as I was, it doesn't hurt. But it's more for the family than it is for the individual. It's the family saying, you know, we're, we're dedicating these children to the Lord. We're going to raise them to be Christians. And, and that's a good thing. But the Bible teaches a believer's baptism. So when we, you might have been dunked as a baby, but when you come to Christ and realize I need him and you have a relationship with him personally, then it's time to be obedient and get in the waters of baptism. Here are four things that water baptism is. Number one, it's a commanded function of the church. It's not an optional thing that, you know, just, you know, really serious super Christians do. No, it's something that we are commanded to do as a church. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, he's talking to his disciples, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus commanded his followers to make disciples and to baptize them. Amen. So what we're doing here this morning is not, you know, a religious thing or a ceremonial thing or, you know, it is a command of the Lord Jesus Christ for the church to do. Number two, the second thing baptism in water is, is it's the first step of obedience. 
After we receive Christ, the first thing that we do in obedience to that relationship is we get baptized in water. We repent and we're baptized. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. How many know God is a God of order? So it's the first step of obedience. Now, if we come to Christ and we say, you know, uh, yeah, I love Jesus and I'm, I'm glad for forgiveness. And boy, it feels good to, to have a clean slate and a fresh start. But I'm not getting in that tank. There's no way I'm putting on a T-shirt and getting drippy in front of all these people. You see, there's a humbling process that takes place and obedience to the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. It's us publicly declaring our faith and being obedient to Jesus Christ. Now, the thing about obedience that's really cool is this. On the other side of every act of obedience, there's a blessing. Come on, anybody blessed? And so when we're obedient, he unlocks a blessing. So I want to encourage you this morning for those that are, are being water baptized. And if you're still in the sanctuary at this point, uh, baptismal candidates, you can go and get ready. We're, I'm going to bring this in for landing two or three more hours and we'll be done. So I want to encourage you this morning that that obedience is going to release something powerful in your life. The third thing that I want to talk about uh, water baptism and what it is, is it's us identifying with de- Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is so important. Why do we do this? What, what's the point of, you know, going in water and getting dunked? I mean, it just seems so ceremonial, and we're not quite sure, you know, why we should do such things. Well, it's really identifying with Jesus because now we belong to him. What is it? Death, when you go into the water, that symbolizes the death. Why? If we hold you there long enough... Some people said, you know, when you're baptizing that one, can you hold them till the bubbles at least slow down? But it's the death, and then under the water, it's the burial. And then when they come up, it's resurrection. Now, everybody likes the resurrection, the resurrection power, but there's no resurrection without death. And so it's us identifying with Jesus. Listen to Romans 6, 1 through 5. So powerful, the Apostle Paul. He says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so grace may abound? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow. That identification, that symbolic going under the water, being buried, coming out, resurrection, it is showing in the natural what's going on in the spiritual realm. Because when we come to Jesus, he puts that old nature to death and he raises up in resurrection life a new creature, a new creation, 2 Corinthians says. Old things pass away, all things become new. The fourth thing, and I'm going to close with this, water baptism is a new beginning. It deals with our old nature, that old sinful nature that Romans talks about. Paul said, my old man is crucified with Christ. And so this is showing that there's a transformation taking place here. When we come out of the water, it's not, like I said, it's not like we're never going to sin again or we're never going to struggle again, but there is a measure of power and there is a release of God's power in our lives. Why? Because of the obedience to the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to Romans 6, 4 through 7. 
Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So there again, that scripture casting light onto the fact that, you know, we are identifying with him because that's what's going on spiritually, internally inside us. What an exciting thing to get a clean slate and a fresh start. 